Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hey there, thank you ever so much for tuning into this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I'm Toby Milden, and today we're going to be talking about the menopause at work. It's something that has come up fairly recently with many of my clients talking about how the menopause affects people whilst at work and what employers should be doing to better support employees. And just before we um, recorded this interview, I actually saw an article in the Times and the headline was called Businesses Fail to Deal with Menopause. I just want to read a, a snippet of the article before we meet Katie Taylor, my guest for today. And the article said that the the majority of British businesses are failing to deal with menopause in the workplace. According to new research, just one in five employers considers menopausal symptoms during performance reviews of female staff, while only a quarter have a menopause policy at all, a study conducted by law firm Erwin Mitchell. So the study of HR leaders revealed that most companies lack training for managers on this area and are not confident that their female employees can talk freely about menopause. Owen Mitchell said that the lack of policy action will make it harder for businesses to attract new employees and warns that it could result in discrimination claims in the future, noting that there has been a significant rise in the number of employment tribunals where menopause is mentioned in the past two or three years. So it's going to be an interesting topic. And I I want to open this up by saying that I think I might be suffering from a little bit of imposter syndrome because the menopause is not an area that I've really explored much. I'm a 40-year-old guy. I have very little experience in menopause. So Katie is going to enlighten me and hopefully enlighten you as well as we listen to to our conversation today. And I've said that if I if I get anything wrong, if I get any terminology wrong, Katie is uh, perfectly within her rights to put me right. So um, Katie, thank you ever so much for joining me today. It's lovely to see you. Oh, pleasure. Thank you for having me on. So Katie, can we just begin by you telling us a bit more about who you are, what your kind of story is and what led you to creating Latte Lounge, your your organisation? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm 53 years old now, but 10 years ago from the age of 43 to 47, I was suffering um, at the time with a whole host of very different debilitating symptoms. Um, yeah, I'm a mum of four kids, uh, but I was always very capable. I was working in marketing for a charity. I loved my job. I had a great supportive husband, great kids, you know, lovely supportive friends network. So there was no reason for me to be unhappy in my life. And yet, over this four-year period, I started feeling very depressed and teary. Um, I suffered from anxiety. I suffered from aching joints, heart palpitations, and a terrible 
brain fog where I just felt like I was walking in sticky treacle and forgetting words. Um, And it was a really sort of strange out of body experience where I just didn't feel connected with with the outside world and my own emotions. And I kept going back and forward to various GPs and um, doctors and specialists. And every time they said I was suffering from depression and I was offered antidepressants. And now I'm a doctor's daughter. My father is a breast cancer professor. Um, So I've been brought up to sort of question and analyze. um, You know, I I see myself as a fairly well-educated woman. And I kept saying to the doctors, look, there is no reason for for me being depressed. I I don't believe this is right. But eventually I just couldn't cope at work. I, um, I was staring at budgets, which just looked like a foreign language to me. I was surviving on about two hours sleep a night because I also had insomnia. I didn't have hot flushes and I was still having periods. So there was at no point when I went to any of these doctors, did they say this was anything to do with my hormones? I eventually left my job because I just couldn't function and I became a shell of a woman. I spent most of my days sleeping on the couch. I suffered from extreme exhaustion And I thought I was going mad. I was also, as well as being sent to psychiatrists, I went to see um, someone that specialised in early onset dementia, which was very, very frightening. Eventually, it was my father after four years, so by then I was about 47, who said, look, I'm convinced this is your hormones. And he sent me to see um, a gynaecologist who he worked with, who specialised in menopause. And with half an hour of her um, discussing my symptoms, she said, well, this is classic perimenopause. And to me, this was a light bulb moment. I'd never heard of the word perimenopause. She explained it was because my estrogen levels were on the floor um, and that we have estrogen receptors all over our body. And that's why I was suffering from all these different symptoms. She prescribed hormone replacement therapy for me, which replaces your natural hormones. A lot of people know it as HRT. And within about three to four weeks, I felt like my old self, um, a new woman. I felt very angry at my four years of lost life and that I'd had to give up my much loved job. And that night of my diagnosis, I came home and sat on my bed crying with relief that I wasn't going mad, um, but also I was sort of frustrated that this had happened. So I turned to Facebook um, to see if there was anyone else talking about this, and I couldn't find any groups that were talking about um, women's health issues over the age of 40. So I set up the group and I called it the Latte Lounge because I wanted it to feel like a, a sort of coffee shop, online coffee shop, where women would come and talk to their friends or, or obviously people online they didn't know about all things midlife and menopause. So that's sort of how the Facebook group started. And then what I realized very quickly was, you know, within 24 hours, I had a thousand member requests and I thought, oh, my goodness, I'm not alone. This is, yeah, this is this is crazy. This is happening to lots of other women. So I thought I needed to sort of build a website um, and put together a medical advisory team who could really support, inform and signpost these women with, with all their questions about perimenopause and menopause and, and also all their other midlife health and wellbeing issues that they came to us to talk about. Yeah, that's amazing. And I mean, it sounds like an incredibly challenging and difficult period. And 
so obviously you work with a lot of individuals and you work with a lot of organizations now. What, what are the top challenges that you're seeing employers facing when supporting people at work experiencing the menopause? Yeah, well, I'll give you some sort of statistics which will put everything um, into perspective. Menopausal women are now the fastest growing segment of the workforce. It's estimated that around one in six people in employment are now women over 50. You know, menopause and perimenopause is really affecting women in the workplace. 14 million working days are lost in the UK because of menopause and perimenopause. And six in 10 menopausal women say it has a negative impact on their work. Um, And research has shown that one in five women have left their job like I did because of it. And also, like me, on average, women are visiting their doctors anywhere from three up to 10 to a dozen times to um, speak about their symptoms. And this obviously results in additional sick leave from work, um, you know, and causes a lot of anxiety and stress, just not just uh, in the workplace, but at home. So it's really, really important for businesses to address this. Um, And that's why I'm very passionate about supporting employers and people going through the menopause in the workplace. So, you know, if if there are businesses looking for guidance on how to increase awareness um, in the workplace, we always say a really good way to start is to break down the taboos. You know, you're saying you're a 40-year-old man and and you you have this imposter syndrome. There's no reason why you should know about this. And and there lies the problem. Menopause and perimenopause was never taught at school. So we were taught about, you know, um, giving birth or or stopping from getting pregnant. and, 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 And then you would sort of hear nothing. You might hear about menopause, but you know, boys, young boys and children, it was just, it wouldn't be of interest. So we've grown up with no knowledge of this period between 40 and 50. Add to that the fact that there is no menopause, uh, mandatory menopause training at medical school. And you've got doctors coming out of medical school with almost zero knowledge themselves. Um, The only thing really that they've been taught is that menopause is hot flushes and a year and since your last period but nobody talks about the 10 years before when your hormone levels fluctuate or, or plummet and they can cause these symptoms so you you've got you know you're you're up against so much already so you know empowering businesses to retain you know improve employee retention um, it, it's win-win for everyone and it will remove barriers from, you know, to women progressing in their careers. It will reduce sickness levels. It will reduce employment tribunals. The women are being discriminated at work because of their symptoms. Um, it will boost productivity and, and it will foster a more inclusive and open workplace culture and make women feel happier and, and more engaged at work. And, and there are lots of ways, you know, we, we suggest um, to em- employees that they can support women. So, we can help with things like awareness events where, you know, you might do some in-person or virtual panels or small group discussions. Um, and that what that does is break down the taboos. It, it informs and educates not just employers, but the employees um, and, and hopefully their wider family, too. And we can support with policy development, um, menopause guidance, um, providing toolkits, things like menopause resources, And lots of sort of um, we provide menopause for managers like tailored information um, and training sessions for line managers. 
So there's lots you can do and we can help um, internal comms support as well, roll out policies and resources. That's great. And I think, yeah, your dog was concurring with you in the background. Oh, um, can you <laughs> hear that? It's fine. It's fine. Um, so you were saying that um, obviously a good place to start is is raising awareness. I mean, quite often I talk to my clients about how we embed diversity and inclusion into the organisation. So it's you know, part of the furniture, so to speak. Is there anything that employers should be doing to kind of get more support into the way that they work that you know their processes and systems and policies then that kind of thing yeah i mean i think it's a really good thing to have a policy and not because it's a tick box thing but just so that they so that when when you know employees join an organization or existing employees know what support there is in place we we always suggest um having uh, menopause ambassadors sort of dedicated personnel who People know they can go to discuss these things. And also just to, you know, some employers uh, would be happier to just suggest some resources and some support groups, perhaps off site. So we do a lot of uh, business to business support where um, we will do a group, say, Zoom session where we will take a group of women from an organization and support them. To, with things like how to recognize your symptoms, how to speak to your doctor, how to speak to your employer, um, how to ask for perhaps changes in your working environment. So it could be something as depending on what women's individual symptoms are, if they are experiencing hot flushes, for example, you know, maybe having a fan at the desk sitting by a window, um, having shorter meetings. So toilet breaks where they can you know cool down and um you know especially if the brain fog is setting in that kind of thing and you know if they're working where they're wearing certain uniforms which are uncomfortable perhaps changing uniform or or that kind of thing Uh, working from home flexible working especially when you know you're like I was you're suffering with insomnia um sometimes it's incredibly hard to drag yourself into to work when you've had very little sleep and and presumably if people are taking time off to go to medical appointments and things like that it's the employer needs to make sure that somebody isn't detrimentally affected by that so you know not expecting employees to use holiday time to go to those appointments making sure that their their performance management at work is not affected just because they've had to take time to go off to various appointments that kind of thing Absolutely. And I think a good employer will understand that. And and look, I mean, and it's a wider issue for, and it's not just women's health, the men's health as well. I mean, I've got a 25-year-old daughter who is absolutely terrified of asking for time off. She, she's been putting off a doctor's appointment now for probably about a month. And it's crazy. And it's, you know, w- women suffer with, you know, all sorts of issues. I unfortunately suffered from a miscarriage in my very first job you know, instead of sort of having some time off to deal with that, I dragged myself into the work the next straight away the next day. And now I know think times have changed. And that was, uh, you know, probably over 25 years ago now. But I think, you know, having set times or, or not set times, just conversations where it's okay to take some, you know, time off to go and see a doctor. But I think I think if you get in there ahead of the game and and, and employers show support and understanding about perimenopause and menopause from day one hopefully they won't need time off because they'll be able to get 
sorted, which is what why I do what I do. I don't want anyone to spend four years looking for answers. I could have actually been completely sorted in day one had I had my doctor and had my employer known what was going on. Yeah, absolutely. When employers get it right and they're supporting their people experiencing the menopause in 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 the right way, what what do they stand to gain and and benefit from from being such a supportive employer? Well, I think you know, it, obviously, happiness. Um, you know, you're improving your employee retention. You're you're going to keep key talents. I mean, we're talking about women, sort of, you know, from their forties maybe up until sort of 60 but I think the sort of peak 45 to 55 is when things seem to be the worst and this is core talent this is key talent this is these are people who have had possibly 25 30 years of experience and to suddenly lose them when they're at the peak of their careers is crazy um so you know if you can improve employee retention you know help women progress up their careers in the way that they should you know you're reducing that sort of sickness levels that you know, there's no risk of of tribunals um and you're just as i said fostering a sort of a happier more engaged workforce so it, it's it's win-win for everyone and every time you lose a key piece of talent you've got that expense of having to recruit someone new and train them up again you know it's it's a no-brainer in my opinion so the, the question that I ask everybody when they come on this show is, what what does inclusive growth mean to you? Inclusive growth, which for me, um, you know, I, obviously I have to talk about the menopause, is is breaking down the taboos and, and making it okay to talk about this in the workplace and supporting women, you know, wholeheartedly to, to stay in their jobs. I've been campaigning now for six years um, with a colleague um, called Diane Danzybrink, who set up the Make Menopause Matter petition. And we've been going back and forward to Parliament asking um, for three key um, aims. One of them is for all workplaces to have a menopause policy in place and also to have um, a mandatory menopause training for all, all medics and for it to be on the school curriculum. In England, it now is on the school curriculum, which is fantastic. But, you know, if, if I could sort of say one thing in terms of inclusive growth is if, if we could encourage every employer to you know, even if they, you know, they don't want to start with policy development to to start with awareness and, um, you know, just sort of signing up to the idea of supporting their their talent, then I think, you know, you've got a fantastic employer there and, and women will, will stay. And I must just say that menopause doesn't obviously, you know, just affect women, that there's the whole trans community as well. Um, and I, I interviewed a very um, a brilliant lady called uh, Tanya Glide, who set up some, a forum called Transmenopause. You know, she said to, to start using the word people more than women. So, we, we, you know, everybody who's affected by menopause doesn't feel excluded because we want everyone just to get the right support. That's a really, really good point. And, and I'm glad you said that because I, I hadn't considered that at all. As I said, this is a very educational conversation for me. And that's something that employers should be considering in the language that they use in any policy. It's like when I was working at Deloitte and I was reviewing our parental policies, we rewrote our policies and we moved away from language like mothers and fathers to 
parents because recognizing that parents come in all shapes and sizes and where well, families come in all shapes and sizes so yeah I think language is is really important yeah Absolutely. And I'm, I listen, I'm learning all the time as well. And I think what's important is no one should be embarrassed. And bringing men into the conversation is absolutely vital because there are obviously so many male employers, but, the, you know, our partners and our sons, um, I've got three three young boys who now know more about menopause than most people. Um, and I'm really proud of them. And I think their future partners will be delighted that they are fully aware. And I just think the more we talk about it, the more we break down these taboos, the more, you know, we will retain this key talent, as I said, and a happy, inclusive culture at work. Yeah, it's an important point to, to normalise the conversation, like we need to normalise other topics of diversity and inclusion within the workplace. And everybody needs to be part of the conversation, um, particularly those that are holding power and privilege within an organisation, because they they really do affect the the strategy and direction and culture of, of an organisation. So yeah, there's there's loads to think about. I think I've taken away raising awareness to really get people thinking about this and normalising the conversation, as I just said, introducing a policy so that we can start to hardwire it into the organization and that's probably a, a good place for organizations to start i mean so many organizations that i talk to haven't even done that so i think just focusing on those two things is probably a good starter for 10 absolutely before we go i know that um obviously you, you do a lot to support individuals and and organizations if the person listening to our conversation right now needs to get in touch, wants to get further support and, and help from you, what should they do? Well, they can look at our website, which is latilounge.co.uk. Um, if you're suffering with symptoms yourself, I would first recommend that everyone downloads um, our symptom checklist. It's a free downloadable checklist um, because that is something that you can then take to your doctor's appointment to discuss it. Often doctors only have 10 minute appointments and so they don't always join the dots. So that's a really good place to start. For employers, um, we offer um, a whole host of different offerings and resources to support employers with writing policies or creating awareness events and, and providing resources. So they can email uh, me at katie at latilounge.co.uk and I'm really happy to discuss further any support they need that's wonderful and any clients that come to me that that ask for support around um supporting people with menopause at work i will be sending them in your direction <laughs> thank you baby <laughs> katie thank you ever so much for joining me today it's been a really um interesting conversation I've, and i've learned lots and thank you for tuning into our conversation hope you took some really interesting information and insights away that you can start applying to your own organization. Until the next time, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk.